Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with Broker Ideas Group. Being a successful mortgage broker is not about how many loans you write, working hard, or winning awards. It's about building a high-performing business that works with or without you. If you want smarter, proven ideas to accelerate your business, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit brokerideasgroup.com.au. That's brokerideasgroup.com.au. Now it's time to accelerate. It's over to your hosts. Hey everybody, it's James Vagley here. Welcome to another episode of the MBA podcast. And uh, it's episode 137. It's the early June, the early June, Ash. What am I talking about? It's 5th of June. Um, obviously, we're recording this a little bit earlier, but this has been released on the 5th of June. So how are you feeling? Yeah, super, James. Um, you know, looking forward to this discussion for a lot of reasons, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm good. We're just having a laugh off air about the fact that I might sound a little raspy today because uh, we're presenting a webinar this morning, so maybe I'm going to bring out my best Tony Robbins voice. <laughs> bring it on. Okay. Uh, listeners, we've got an awesome case study for you today. We love rolling these out. We've got so many good uh, success stories from our members. And this one is no different, Ash. Uh, and as with all of our case studies, we, we don't use real names just so that uh, these people don't get a bunch of phone calls asking them how they did it. You know, how they did it is they used our help. They worked with us. So uh, we're going to change the names, but these are 100% real people. Just change for privacy reasons. So Ash, who are we talking about today? James, we're talking about Sandy today. And just to give a little bit of the backstory uh, on Sandy, uh, she's been working with us uh, more than a couple of years now, but certainly by the time this episode goes to where, probably pushing towards three years. Um, she is what I would describe as a, uh, a close to an industry veteran. She'd been in the industry quite a while, um, well-known. Um, and I would characterise her starting point as I was successful in the past, wrote a lot of loans, got some industry recognition and awards, uh, but essentially everything came crashing down around me uh, and needed to find a better way or the correct way to pursue her financial and personal ambitions, but at the same time do it in a way that was sustainable. So that was the starting point where Sandy came to work for us and maybe I can pop in the end point or where she is now, and then we can really dive into the journey to get there. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so where she is now is back at or beyond that volume she was doing in the past, uh, still well recognised, but now has been she's done it in a way with our help that means she's built the right team, the right systems, the right culture, very important part the right purpose, which has now liberated her with the right team to focus on her passions, to be a leader, an educator, a person of impact uh, in her community beyond just the act of writing loans. Yep. Very cool success story, this one. Uh, let's dive in a bit more into what was happening when she came to uh, work with us, because as you said, she was successful, quote unquote successful, or she at least felt like she was uh, successful, or maybe even she didn't, but probably others in the industry would have looked at her and thought she was successful. So let's let's dive in a little bit more about what was actually going on. And I'm guessing a number of our listeners will relate to this and maybe in that position right now. 
and look, it, it related to me very powerfully personally, uh, James and listeners. And the way I, I would define that is uh, Sandy had all of what I would call the external trappings of success, as you mentioned, James, uh, good volume, making money, uh, getting lauded in the industry and recognised. So on the outside, uh, the industry and was pointing at this particular person with, you are the definition of a success. This is what brokers should aspire to be. But underneath, she was on a fast track to a brick wall, which was having to work harder and harder and longer and longer and getting further and further away from what she really loved doing, which was actually helping people. Um, so that was the starting point. And she, there was a lot of emotion tied up in this, uh, a lot of anxiety, a little bit of shame, um, certainly some self-doubt and self-esteem. There's a whole bunch of things wound up behind the scenes underneath the surface that appeared to be successful. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there, James, a lot of our, our broken community who are doing well, uh, you know, that might be doing that above five mil a month. You know, that sort of five to $10 million of loans a month because they've gone that direction because they're hardworking, they're ambitious, and the industry prosecutes that argument very, very strongly that numbers are what it's all about, uh, writing more loans, getting your volumes up. And I, I don't just mean our peak bodies. I mean our aggregators, the, the media particularly, um, the award structure. Yep. You know, the, how many lists of top 100, top 50, top 10 are there out there that are based on who's got the biggest number? Ooh, it's all about the numbers, yeah. And we see this a lot. Like as you were talking, I was thinking to myself how – that definition of success that others are saying is successful is usually not what it's like behind the scenes. So this person, she was successful. And, but as you say, behind the scenes, it was a very different story. And that's very, very common, isn't it? Like successful from the outside, drives a nice car, wears nice clothes, doing good numbers, winning awards. But then you open the door behind the scenes. And sometimes it's, either a train wreck or a train wreck about to happen um, just because it's just been built through blood and sweat and tears. And, you know, as you, we always talk about the Frankenstein's monster and eventually it comes to bite you. Oh, hell yeah. Look, and it's, it's nefarious, right? It, it's like a lot of things in life. Your biggest problem will come camouflaged as your biggest temptation quite often. And I think for Sandy, as it is for a lot of really clever, hardworking uh, people in our broking industry is why wouldn't you want to do big numbers? Why wouldn't you want to be successful? Why wouldn't you want to win awards and be recognized? All of those things are not in of themselves evil, right? They're okay. They're, they're good things. And if that's what you want, that's fine. But the problem is that it's not based on a methodology or a process that allows you at some point to step back yeah. if you want to. Right. You, so, the, you know, what's the definition of success? Well, I guess different people have different definitions, but for us, right, James, it's to be as successful as your heart desires to pursue your potential, but do it in a way where you always have the choice to work or not work yep. as hard or not hard as you like. That's mm. really the definition. If you want to keep working hard, do it because you love it, not because you have to. Yeah. And I think in Sandy's case, like it is with a lot of people, she found herself almost lured and then uh, hypnotized and then trapped by that pathway of hard work equals success 
which is true to an extent, but then didn't find couldn't find a way out of it. There was no advice, no coaching, no one around who could straighten her out. So she ended up on our doorstep, fortunately. And the very first thing we had to do was to really break things down, really get to the bottom of what led you here and then start to map out the future, you know, bigger picture, zoom out a bit, which is where do you want to get to? And to be perfectly honest, James, I would say in Sandy's case, she really didn't know where she wanted to get to. And I would say that is completely okay. It evolved over time. But what we did know was this can't continue. I love helping people. I love our industry, but I can't continue doing it this way. Please help. Yep, not sustainable. And that's, listeners, that's normal too, I think, for for most who don't actually know where they're going. And, you know, we, we do this exercise all the time. So we think it's normal, but... Yeah, the default is get into the industry, hit the ground running, learn, get leads, write loans, figure it out. Oh, I'm really busy. Maybe I'll build a bit of a team, try to build, you know, scale and capacity. Uh, Not actually ever taking time to sit down and go, what am I even doing? Where am I going? Like, what do I even want? And most people don't take the time or give themselves permission to let alone think about what they want or even go for it. Um, and yeah, as you said before, there's a lot of hangups and um, roadblocks mentally for a lot of people in going after a lot of those things. Um, Sandy was no different. One of the things I want to dive slightly deeper into, uh, James, is the C word and it's culture. Listeners, by the way. Um, so one of the, one of the biggest problems that Sandy faced and she'd had built a bit of a team behind her but one of the biggest challenges she faced was the team were wrapped up in her emotional state because she was hiring people because she was desperate right that became the culture of the business the culture of the business was up and down emotional um fixing things at the last minute um all of that sort of stuff that created an unhealthy work culture so People were not wanting to stay working in that culture. It was hard to work on performance improvement. So all of these things were uh, fed off the wrong culture. So this is one of the the things that we started working on early uh, with Sandy. It took time, right? It takes time. However, it was brought into the discussion when I, one of my very first sessions with Sandy, like, what would you, what in your perfect world would be the culture of your business? And we talked about it. You know, it's about people love coming to this uh, my place of work. They're motivated by helping people. They're not busy all the time. They've got time. Ideally, they only work four, four days a week, not five. So all of these things became part of her, the culture that she wanted to build, which was how she wanted to live her life as well. And I think that's a really interesting thing, don't you think, that the culture of the business needs to reflect the beliefs of the founder. Mm. Very hard to to build a culture that's different to what you believe. Exactly. And and as you was as you were talking about that, Ash, I was just thinking about how many brokers build their businesses around this star performer sort of quality. It just sounded like as you were talking about Sandy, it was like that's what most brokers do. They they build a team bolt on to almost support them. Think about like a star performer, like an athlete or someone that needs to be in tip-top shape. They build these support teams around them to hold them together, the physios and the trainers. 
they're in the backgrounds just holding this performer together so they can go out and do their job. That's the completely wrong way to build a mortgage business, right? We don't want this support team to hold that person together. Like the business owner should make the team the stars. It's got to be the other way around. And I know that's a bit of a segue to what you're talking about, but hopefully a valuable point. Yeah, I think what you're talking about there, James, is, I mean, I call this the quarterback syndrome, or you might want to call it the, play, the star playmaker syndrome if you're not, if you don't know what a quarterback is. Quarterback is essentially the person in the gridiron team who, who all the play comes through, right? They, they, they direct the ball um, into scoring opportunities. Now, in sport, in that particular sport, that's a very important position, probably the most highest paid. Tom Brady, the quarterback who's just retired a few months ago in the States, is a current uh, example. Highly paid, highly lauded. They win premierships. Now, that's fantastic, but in a mortgage business, that will give your business some impetus, but you can't build a business around a star performer, contrary to popular opinion, because the danger of that is it's very dependent on you. Um, the, the culture of the business becomes servile to you. Um, people lose their uh, autonomy in some ways or their independence, and, and they become very much about you, not about them. Um, and that can flow through to the relationship with clients, the whole box and dice. Now, there's probably some mortgage brokers out there listening to this going, hey, I'm a star performer. Look at my team. I'm doing huge numbers. And I would say, well, that's fantastic. But look, the question I would ask all of you is, if you stopped tomorrow, what would happen to your business? We know what would happen. What would happen to your business? Now, mm. there might be one or two unicorns out there who have built a business structure with multiple other brokers. But unfortunately, most of the star performers do all of the volume because they love it, they're good at it, uh, they're great playmakers. Right? But at some point, we need to find a way to transition towards a business where you can still be a playmaker if you want, but the business doesn't depend on you being the playmaker. And that was really the journey we had to go on uh, with Sandy. I don't think she deliberately, she's she's uh, not a person with a, a, a massive ego. She's a very empathetic and um, a lovely, thoughtful person. She wanted a business where people loved coming to work and did their job because they loved it and were good at their job and didn't need to be supervised and told to do their job. Yep. Right? Yeah. And that's what she's got now. Right? That is what she's got, an amazing team of people who run the business. And, uh, and from from memory, the, the, the best sign, this is probably a couple of months ago by the time this goes to air, James, but she had a holiday for a few weeks overseas mm -hmm. and the business just ran so beautifully without her. Yep. All right. Still received leads, still processed them, still got things done. She checked in a couple of times here or there. That was about it. And the business still did, you know, um, you know, you north of 10 mil. That's not bad when you're away for four weeks and That's the business bad. does that without you. So if you're out there listening to this, right, James, and going, well, okay, what's the, what's the lesson from Sandy's story? Well, the lesson is I'm not saying don't be ambitious. We're not saying don't want to do big numbers. We're not saying don't, don't have ambition to be recognised for your success, whether it's awards or other things. However, just think about the right way to blend that ambition and potential into building a business that allows you to step in and out of it as you need to, rather than have it totally dependent on you. Yep. There's, um, there's so much gold in these case studies because 
they're real people. And with every single one of these, there's probably hundreds of people that would be, yep, that's me. That's exactly me. And for each of those people that listen to these case studies, we have listeners, other episodes of case studies. You go back and listen to those because I'm guessing you will be, yep, that's me for at least one or two or more of them. And the good news is these are people just like you that have gone through it and have come out the other side with our help. So it's good news that it doesn't have to be that way. Like you don't have to put up with the current circumstances. You don't have to be frustrated and stressed out. You don't have to be two steps away from, you know, disaster or a breakdown, you know, like, yeah, there is a better or a smarter way. And, um, you know, obviously with Sandy's case, she put her hand up and recognized that and got her help and took the right steps and has come out much bigger and stronger for it. So, you know, is there any other things we've missed about this particular case study, Ash, that would be helpful for our listeners? Well, probably to, to top and tail it, uh, James. Um, so the tail of it is where we're working with Sandy now. So we're, we're on to the next level. So it's, we're working on how she can have a much bigger impact in her business, in her family life, and in her wider community, and in the industry. This person is well-known in the industry. This person is up on stage regularly. This this person is speaking from a very influential thought leadership and impact way now because she's built a business that allows her to do that. That's number one. So that's the tail. That's that's where we're going now. At the oh, that's the top. Well, that's the tail. Whichever direction, right, James? Yeah. Now beginning. Done. So what I wanted to say is, you don't have to be at five or ten million and you know be up to your eyebrows in in the raging ocean with this, right? If you're just starting out, if you've been going a little while, wherever you are, this is a cautionary tale that says, don't wait to get there to do something about it, right? Do something about it now before you get there and start to build your business in a way that doesn't put you into a, oh crap, I have to fix this position. Like if you're in that position now, get on the phone and call us. Mm -hmm. But if you're not in that position, have a think about, building your business in a way that you don't need to have that moment of, oh, crap. Well, that's true. That's a great insight because it's all, it's great to have these success stories and case studies where it's sort of rags to riches or stress to, you know, lifestyle. But even better, let's avoid that and just do things before get they get to that stage. And that's probably the final thing for me as well, Ash. Like if we can just use this podcast and our platform and keep, you know, putting the message out there that if brokers just get help and get help sooner and do things the right way, they, they don't have to even have those mistakes and heartaches and burnouts and stress and all of those sorts of things because, you know, but unfortunately most people wait until they've had those moments to get help. Um, so, yeah, I hope that's a good learning for everybody. Everything starts with a conversation, eh? Certainly does. Certainly does. Well, let's uh, let's leave it there. This has uh, been a good episode and we'll keep rolling out case studies. We have dozens and dozens of them that we can talk about and uh, there'll be another one most likely next month, Ash. Uh, we'll pick another amazing person we've been working with and highlight them and share their story. So I guess until next time, we'll uh, sign off for now. Just about my favourite thing, James and listeners, is um, sharing the stories of the people that we work with. So if you want to be one of them, Get on board. Exactly. Get on board. Let's talk. All right. 
Listeners, hope you've enjoyed this. Be inspired, take action, give us a buzz, and uh, have yourself a great day. You too, Ash. See you next time, James. Bye. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration with Broker Ideas Group. To keep getting smarter, proven ideas in your inbox every week, subscribe to the podcast now over at brokerideasgroup.com.au forward slash podcast. If you want to accelerate even faster, access our proven results-driven programs, live events, and free resources available at brokerideasgroup.com.au. That's brokerideasgroup.com.au. And until next time, remember, life's too short to play small. So dream big, believe big, and go big with Broker Ideas Group.